Step into a world of adventure and join our players in Waterdeep Dragon Heist. We are thrilled to have you, but we'd be even more thrilled if you became a patron of our podcast on Patreon. I'm Dungeon Lord Jay, and this is Quest. Law, I am one of Cam's many, many personalities. Last week, the awning portal, me and my friends, Magic Dan with his magic cat Meow Salini, living in his caravan down by the river. L, this little sassy, stabby little guy coming out here with his little frills on everything. And then my buddy Tay, fiercely loyal, a little quiet, but he can be intense when he's throwing around that fire. We're sitting around having a few drinks. Dan's booty call got into a kerfuffle, and obviously us upstanding citizens as we are, we had to step in and fight in her defense. We booped him real good. Magic Dan's throwing out this incredulous catapult thing he's got going on, throwing fire and swords through people's skulls. Tay's out here throwing fire bolts out of a staff. I didn't even know he could do that. All right, you got me putting people to sleep. I insulted a few guys. If they slip, they fell, it happens. And then you got L stabbing someone, moonwalking away. Real fabulous. It's a little much for my taste, but it's nice. And then all of a sudden, I, apparently this is a Tuesday thing and we're there on a Wednesday, but a troll pops out of this hole in the floor, right? So there he goes, Dernan, hopping over the bar, this big old blade behind him, fights against it. L saves Dernan as he's fallen into this hole, killing this troll. And we meet this weird Italian-sounding dude named Volvo Tapatino Tapatio, some sort of hot sauce. It was a nice little encounter. We're going to get a little gold out of it, saving his prostitute friend, Floon. You know, there was a something. He went missing, the neighbors, and he hasn't seen him, didn't go home, didn't see him the next morning. It was a weird state of affairs, but we're getting money. We're getting money, right, gentlemen? We leave the yawning portal to go about our business trying to find this man, and we see this grisly-looking murder in the middle of the street. Me, being the lawyer I am, trying to, you know, get a little information, see what's going down, but they were not budging at all. Corner of my eye, I see these dudes mean-mugging me like I did something wrong, like I owe them some dragons or something, but that's neither here nor there. We got a job to do. Welcome back to Waterdeep. As our characters, L, Cam, Talon, and Magic Dan, stroll through the cool night air, the street lamps lining the street, casting a gentle glow on the cobblestones beneath their feet. A distant murmur of a lively tavern weaves a comforting sound through the city street. As you venture through the streets, you make your way to the city's dock ward. The atmosphere shifts. Tightly clustered tenements rise ominously, casting long shadows that cloak the ground in darkness. Many of the street lamps stand as mere skeletons, their glass shattered and their candles stolen. The salty tang of the sea intermingles with the less pleasant smells of decay as you pass rows of dilapidated buildings. The once thriving ward now wears a worn face, a stark contrast to the opulence found in other parts of Waterdeep. You all, 
turn the corner of Zastro Street onto Fillette Lane. One nearby shop stands out from the others. It has a deep purple facade, and in its window hang a dingy taxidermied beholder. Above the door stands a sign whose elaborate letters spell out Old Zoblob Shop. You know that down the street some ways is the Skewered Dragon, the rough-and-tumble tavern that Volo told you to begin your search for his missing friend, Floon. That's where we begin. We're not going in there, are we? Well, I mean, this is where we gotta find this feller. On the corner of where you guys are at, there's a weird shop that is open in the middle of the night. The doors are open, and there's lights on inside. You know, maybe if we step in here, we might find something to calm L down. Seems like your kind of vibe, Elle. What's that mean? It looks like I've got a bunch of fancy stuff. I mean, look, they got a whole dead beholder in there. That's crazy. I wasn't 100% sure those things could die. It's fine. We can go in. Well, if they're open all hours of the night, they might have seen something. That is true. We should go check it out. Also, I got money. And that's not going to alimony of some sort or anything? No, no. That was one of the things Leo Law was able to succeed at. Sounds like a great guy. A cloud of lavender-scented purple smoke trails out of the shop's open door as you peer inside. Every wall is painted purple, and every dusty knick-knack on the shelves is dyed a deep violet. In the back, sitting on a counter, cross-legged, is a hairless old gnome. He wears plum-colored robes. His cheeks are decorated with nine purple face-painted eyes. The gnome lowers a pipe and he exhales a cloud of lavender smoke before raising a hand. Hail and well met. Come browse the shelves of the most curious curiosity shop in the world. Do you have anything in blue? He stops for a moment and stares at you like he's going to say something. And then you see the moment is lost behind his eyes as he takes another hit from his pipe. Come browse the shelves of the most curious curiosity shop in the world. I think he's the most curious thing in this shop right now. Uh, Why don't you roll me a D100? 31. So something that catches your eye is a badge or like a brooch that is in the shape of a five-pointed star, but it has very obviously been painted from a silver to a purple. What is this brooch? It is a brooch. I need it. Roll a d6. Three. Three gold. Two. Make a persuasion check. 22. Yes. Two will suffice. He'll take the gold. Yeah, he just stuffed the money in his pants. I hope nobody needs to change. Uh, I rolled a 35. You find what once was a white sequence glove, sized for a human, but has now been dyed purple. <laughs> Look at this sparkly thing. It's pretty cool. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, right? Check it out. Chaz's hand. It's just like shaking my hand, just sparkling it. 
This thing's incredible. I don't know what I'd use it for, but it's pretty neat. You only need one. I mean, technically, you'd need two gloves for it to be gloves. Otherwise, it'd be glove. Not to challenge someone to a duel. That is true. You want it? Are you going to buy that for me? No. But you have money, too, I assume. A really stone friend just gave, just only took two of your gold that I know you have. Are we buying the glove? Like, what's up with the glove? I have to have it. Oh, here you go. Roll a d6. Six. Oh, I do so love that glove. That'll be six gold pieces. What does it do? You wear it on your hand. I have to have it. I give him the six. He takes the six gold and stuffs it in his pants again. I rolled a 28. You find a purple dragon talon hanging from a plain leather necklace. How much for this? Roll a d6. Three. That looks like three gold. Can you do two? Make a persuasion check. Twelve. Four gold. Okay. He will take the four gold to put it in his pants. Now his, there's like a pocket thing inside of his pants. There's just a stack of coin that's like sitting next to him on the counter in his pants. I got a 26. You find a velvet pouch. It sort of looks like a crown royal bag. And as you open it up, you will see 47 humanoid teeth, one of which is rotten. All of them are stained purple. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up to him, and I'm like, shake it a little bit and say, how many teeth you reckon are in this bag? <laughs> I'd say 47. How much you want for it? Roll a d6. Four. Four gold. I don't know. That's like almost a, a copper a tooth there. You know, I, I, I think you need to do a little better than that for me. Make a persuasion check. This one up. Eight. Seven gold. For a stone guy, he's really good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I could do seven if you give me a little of that pixie dust. But, but this is my pixie dust. I know, we're, we're haggling. He will reach for the coins that you give him, and in his hand is a tiny little pinch of fairy dust. All right, so I'll take the little pinch of fairy dust. I'll hand him his seven gold. I'm going to look away from Magic Dan, and with this little bit of pic- like fairy dust he gave me, just kind of like turn and like, Snort it real quick, just to see what's going on with this. Oh my god! Uh, make a Constitution saving throw. Okay, so that is going to be a three. Okay, you inhale it real quick, and it goes right down the wrong pipe. You can feel little fairy fingers tickling your brain, and you immediately sneeze it out in a colorful spray all across this shop. <laughs> Bless me. Did you sniff one of the teeth? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just drugs. <laughs> Welcome to the most curious curiosity shop in the world. You will find a one pound egg with a bright purple shell. Uh, can I like shake it to see if there's like goo inside basically? It feels... Like something is clicking around on the inside of it. As you squeeze it, it feels like it's made of wood. Yeah. Let me take it like a sniff of it real quick. Yeah, wood egg. You know what? That might be good next time I use some catapult. How much for you on for this one? Roll a d6. Four. Four gold. Deal, little man. 
Thank you. I think L just walks out because he's worried someone's going to buy more teeth. <laughs> I'd like to take a look at him and say, so how long you been in business? Many years. Do you remember things going on around the shop or is it just kind of all blend together at this point? Who are you? Right. Are there any sort of like uh, rats or bats or cats in the area kind of thing? Not that you can see at the moment. Why don't you make an insight check for me? That is a 18. So you can tell that a little bit of this gnome's deal is a facade. He may have more... He's hiding something. Not something sinister, but this is a sort of character that he's playing that you have now realized is a character. Kind of knowing how uh, people who like to seem like they forget things act... I'm going to, like, make a mental note that this dude is, like, a little full of it. He knows more than he is leading on and just kind of, like, like gesture to Dan and be like, we should, we should take a step outside, get the city beneath our feet. Yeah, I know, before you buy any more teeth. Okay, well, get your egg and let's walk outside. Hey, before you guys go, you should probably ask him if he's seen Floon. Oh, yeah, good point. Does the name Floon ring a bell to you? Hmm. Floon. Floon. No. Is there any indication that, like, he is messing with me again by kind of... No, not this time. Dan, let's take a step outside. Yeah, of course. Let's get out of here. It's very purple. Think Meowcellini would like this toy? Meowcellini. And I, like, open the coat and just, like, kind of dangle it in front of him. Like, you like it? You like it? All right, he likes it. And I just kind of stuff it on the other side. So as we kind of walk outside, I'm going to look to Magic Dan and just say, something's off with that shopkeeper other than his obvious brain damage. He does have a stuffed beholder, bags of teeth, and God knows what else in there. Yeah, uh, definitely something's going on. He is in a bad part of town running a shop, so either he knows more than what he's saying or he's smart enough to know nothing. I, th- I think we should we should make our way to the bar, but... Maybe stop back here later if we find some more information on this this man we just talked to. That or some more money. You know, I gotta admit, that color purple's growing on me. So, Magic Dan, as you turn around, you kick something on the ground, and it makes a cling-to-cling noise, right? You bend down to pick it up, and what you see is a amulet that has the embossed symbol of a unicorn on it. It appears that it, it's missing the necklace. And as you check it out, there's beads scattered around on the ground. Huh. Look at this fancy unicorn necklace over here. What the hell is it doing around here? Someone probably dropped it in a hurry. Did Volvo Tabatino say anything about the unicorn? Floon's got a logo or anything like that? I mean, if I was a gigolo, a unicorn would probably be like a pretty good logo. I mean, it's... Is that because he's horny? Yeah, it's a big, long horn. It's very phallic. Do I recognize that symbology? Make a history check. Eight. Can I make a history check? Fifteen. You recognize it. It is the symbol of the god LaRue. LaRue is the god of joy, hope, and protection. It's a LaRue amulet. Oh. That god is all for like for happiness or something? All right, so are we making our way to the other bar? The skewered dragon? Seems like our best bet. 
Yeah, but let's hold on to this until we run into Volvo again. See what he knows about it. So you guys make your way towards the skewered dragon. It's at the end of the road that you guys are walking down. The skewered dragon looks like a ruin. Both of its front-facing windows are smashed, and a ship's anchor is lodged in the roof. Through the windows, you can see a group of haggard patrons drinking from huge tankards. Seems like my kind of place. So you guys push open the creaking door of the skewered dragon. The interior is dimly lit with flickering candles struggling to illuminate worn wooden tables that are scattered haphazardly around the room. The air is thick with the pungent aroma of spilled drinks and unwashed bodies. Shards of broken glass crunch underfoot as you navigate the uneven wooden floors. Many of the shady characters in the barroom give you a suspicious glance as you make your way inside. We should probably not immediately start asking questions unless we want to find our way through that window that no longer has glass. We need to blend in before we start asking questions. Oh, yes, exactly. Also, I need a drink. I'll also go to the bar to get a drink. Standing in a corner by the bar is this scar-faced bouncer who's got a shaved head, but it's growing in in, like, patches. Behind the bar, there is a halfling, female halfling. She's kind of grizzly, grizzled looking. She's got a couple of chin hairs. At the bar, there is another patron. He's got like a sailor hat on and an eye patch and this sort of salty dog look about him. And he is just drowning in his drink. I think that fella's got the right idea. Barkeep, over here. The barkeep is this little halfling woman. Is that well? What can I do for you? Oh, yeah. Uh, a pint of ale here. Oh, certainly. I can get that for you. Why don't you make that four, and do you have an umbrella you can put in one of them? My friend's a little sassy if the drink doesn't look nice. And I'm just trying to keep the peace. What kind of place do you think this is? Um, I was thinking a caramel macchiato, half-calf, decaf, foam on the bottom with purple food coloring and a vase or vase. What the fuck? (laughs) I have half a mind to tell you to leave this place. What kind of request is that? Try not to get us thrown out the windows. I'll be back with your drinks. I tried, though. I totally knew they didn't have that stuff. I lied to you. <laughs> I did, because there was no way you were going to walk into that bar with your fancy self. She will uh, pass you your drinks and say, All right, well, you, you boys enjoy your night. Let me know if you need anything. Been busy around here lately? She, like, looks around, and there's, like, a bunch of guys arm rustling and you know, playing cards, and they look rough and tumble. She says, It's the dock board. What can I say? My buddy Volvo, not Volvo, Volo told me about this place. She gets this sour look on her face. Volo them could have. Well, you best be just believing my place. And she's going to grab the mugs from, like, across the table and start scooting them towards her. Whoa, 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 calm down. No, we're no friends of Volo's here. And who said we're friends with him? Well, what's the point of bringing up his name if you... Not friends of us. He's a character of sorts. and I'll say. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he, he's, he's loud and boisterous. And Are you here to pay his tab? Oh, boy, he has a tab? That he didn't pay two nights ago. That actually checks out. He Was was he with anyone that night? Why are you asking? Well, I mean, if, if you know, we got to pay his tab, but you're not going to let us out of here, I want to know if there's someone else I got to track down to get my money back. Make a persuasion check. That's another. Mm. That's a natural one that we just got on that. How much is his tab? 
Ten gold. Drank up a storm the other night. Just him? My memory's a bit foggy. I'm on pull out my coin pouch and slide 14 gold over. Hey, do you happen to recognize the other person that was with him that night? Oh, you know, now that you say that. And she'll take the coins and slide them into her apron? Uh, Yeah, there was a bloke with him near the other night. Ginger fella. Dressed uh, real stately. Like a prince? I'd say so. Uh, Probably a noble. Such as yourself, eh? Such as myself. They were drinking and playing uh, Three Dragon Ante. That's what he said. Was uh, this noble losing this game of Three Dragon Ante? Volo's not very good about keeping track of money. That much is obvious. After that Volo left, that ginger fellow, he stayed behind. And another fellow came in. Ginger, just like him. Also dressed kind of princely. But I recognize that son of a bitch. That's Lord Dagolt's son. Rainier? Yeah, that's his name. Rainier. Rubbing his pompous nose in all of our Doc Ward's business. You saw him two days ago? The son of uh, Dagolt, yeah. I seen him. That Rainier, he's a chip off the old block, that one. Pompous royal. And what was he doing here? I guess the two ginger fellas knew each other. They sat around playing games for a little while, and they both left together. Interesting. Well, I know Rainier very well. I don't know what he would be doing with Floon. Everyone gets lonely. You know, there is another piece of information. It's right on the tip of my tongue, but my memory's foggy. And she'll stick a hand out. I would like to take three teeth out of the pouch. <laughs> what kind of trick are you trying to play on me here? Oh, uh, wrong, wrong coin purse. And I'll, I'll go in and I'll hand her eight silver. Ah, yes. My memory's clearing now. Not long after these two ginger fellas left, five men in black cloaks, they followed after him. Just like the fellas that way. Yagra was fat. Hey, you ever see a tall half-orc woman in here but goes by Yagra? I can't say that I have. Hmm. You'd know her if you saw her. Was one of them wearing an eye patch? Not that I know of. But if you ask me, they had the look of the family about them. You know, the Zentarum. L, do you still want that little umbrella? Do you have one? And about that time, I wave my hand and a little umbrella pops up and falls down into your drink. That's amazing. You're amazing. Run your finger through it real quick for me, Al. And I do the same thing that he does with Mussolini. <laughs> and it just runs right through it and disappears. Oh, it's an illusion. You've been able to do that this whole time? Yes. Just little tiny things. Well, so apparently Flume is hanging out with Rainier. Lord Daggett's or whatever his name is. Dagolt Never Ember. Oh, yeah, Dagolt. God, those little fancy guys. Any hoozle. Yeah, what do you think he's up to? It's a great question. I haven't seen him in a 10-day. The sort of salty sea dog that was sitting at the bar scoots his chair back and drunkenly stumbles his way towards your table. And he'll say, I heard you was talking about Renair. Oh, yeah, you're pretty intense. He's a filthy fucking noble. I can't stand him. I'm going to look L right in the eyes and say, nobles can be very full of themselves. That's why, that's why I'm glad, I'm glad that the Zentarum got him. The, the snake tattoo on the one guy's neck and they, they took him. I, I'm certain of it. They took both of them? I think so. The neck tattoo, it, it was like the one on Candle Lane. Candle Lane? Well, we should probably go thank them, right? That was a kind, upstanding act they did, taking yeah, care yeah, of such right. scum. Yeah, so we should we should go get them and yeah, bring right, them back yeah, here for a drink get, or something, get, right? Get on you. 
I'm. Uh, I like buy him a drink. I mean, if you can't trust a sloppy drunk man at a bar, then what can you trust? So I guess we're going to Candle Lane. You guys walk through the streets and make your way to Candle Lane. The buildings on either side of Candle Lane are so tall and tightly packed together that no amount of moonlight even reaches the street. Nearly all of the street lamps have been smashed. The only light that pierces the darkness is a faint flickering from down the lane like a distant candle. Hand me a couple of them teeth real fast. I'm going to like give you like this sneer and say, why? Oh, it's really dark. I got, I got an idea. I can, I can light them up. We, we need some light around here. This is uh, just prime place to get robbed and beaten. And you need the teeth for that? Yeah, let me see them. Let me show you. I'll hand him three teeth. Okay, check it out. Wazardan! I cast magical tinkering to cause the objects to light up. Yeah, there you go. And I toss one to you, and I toss one to L. Ew, 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 I'm sure he washed them. Or at least he painted them. There you go. Now we don't have to worry about getting jumped as much. They illuminate, and it's like having a little firefly in your hand that shines this bright uh, light, like a flashlight in your hand. See? A practical use of magic. If they had used these kind of things in them lamps, they probably wouldn't be as broke. Is there anyone, like, out and about right now? No. Well, the only source of light seems to be where things are going on. I guess we should head down that way, right? Do we see anything that resembles a snake walking into the alley? As you get to the end of the alley, there is a street lamp. The glass is smashed, but there is just a floating fire within the lamp from a continual flame spell the namesake of Candle Lane. Directly across the street from the lamp is a black winged snake painted on the door of a warehouse. Do we recognize this symbol and who it belongs to? Make a investigation or history check, and I'll allow it for everyone. Seven. Eight. Fifteen. Dirty twenty. Talon and Magic Dan have both seen this symbol before in the newspapers. This is the symbol of the Black Network, or the Zentarum. Oh, good God, this is Zentarum Network. Is that a bad thing? Um, I mean, if you like being alive, yes. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, they, uh, I knew some people who were caught, uh, cheating at some dice, and, uh, they smashed their hands up real good with some hammers. They had beautiful hands. That was the real tragedy. Even I know not to mess with the Black Network. Well, we're only here to see what happened. We never promised to bring Floon back alive. So, if he's dead, that's fine with us. So are we just knocking on the door? How else do you enter a building? The building is a large, dilapidated two-story warehouse that stands at the back of an outer yard behind a wrought iron fence. The yard is covered in piles of refuse, empty crates, broken tools. Within the fence, facing the yard, on one wall is a solitary door. That's the one with the symbol painted on it. And adjacent to that is a pair of large, weathered warehouse doors, which appear to have a chain and padlock on them. Are there any windows? There is one window right next to the double door. And you said we have to get through the fence to get to that window? Correct. 
I'm going to climb up the fence and then drop down on the other side, but as quietly as possible. Absolutely. Why don't you make a stealth check? Nat one. So you begin to climb up the fence. And as you do, you stumble over, fall onto the other side of the fence. And that's when you notice that the gate was unlocked. And it also falls off the hinges and slams on the ground. You're real drunk. (laughs) You should get up out of there, drunk friend. That's all that's all that's going on around here. I get up and dust myself off. The the thing was slippery. You are faced with now open yard, broken gate, and a double door that's padlocked shut, a window, and a single solitary door that's like you know, regular door. I'm gonna now walk my way over to the window and I'm gonna try to see if I can see and do I see anything? So you can tell that it is illuminated in there um, with either small torches or braziers, something like that. Um, but there are stacks of crates that obscure your view um, where you can't actually see inside. Operation Get to the Window was a fail. I think we just have to knock on the door. Why don't you check the door to see if it's unlocked first? Well, that's trespassing. Technically, if we're not entering with malice intent, like, in our hearts, I feel like we're okay. We don't have any ill intent here, do we? We're not coming here to kill anyone, steal anything. We're just looking for someone. Okay, fair. You're the legal expert. I say we knock first, though. How are you a legal expert? I'm going to go knock on the door. You walk up to the painted snake door. You knock on the door. Hello? What the fuck are you doing? He, he said to knock on the door. And I go, like, really quick, and I go try to, like, hide. Make a stealth check. Ooh, a five. I try to hide behind, like, some crates, and they all just kind of, like, fall down. I'm just standing behind them, like, just holding one just, like, over my face. You have no response from the door. So I knock. Do we just go in now? I think there's a good way to get your neck cut or end up like them six dead fellers we saw earlier. Are we trying to be quiet about this? Quiet's out the window. You did knock down the gate. He knocked over all the crates. He did knock over that gate. I'm still like just holding this crate in front of my face. Like kind of peeking out like it's still working. I cast thaumaturgy on the door. If it is unlocked, it instantly slams open or slams shut. You cast thaumaturgy and the door does not open. It appears to be locked. Are we going in? I'll just unlock the door. If you're as good at that as you were with getting over the fence, maybe we should let someone else try it. That's hurtful. <laughs> I'm going to try to pick the lock on the door. Sure. You pull out your lock picks. Give it a shot. It's a thieves tools check. That's going to be a 14. You fiddle around with the lock a little bit. You've picked many similar to it. So it easily clicks unlock. And we're in. And I'm going to see if I can gently open the door, make it quiet. Make a stealth check. Fire that dice. That's a 10. You try to quietly open the door. It squeaks a little. Okay, we're in. Inside, you will see the door opens to a large space. A balcony stretches along one side, leading to an office upstairs. The floor below is cluttered with crates and abandoned tools, tables, and chairs that have been carelessly tossed about. Fresh blood trails lead to and reveal the corpses of a dozen men that lie along the walls. 
their rapiers and daggers laying nearby. You have just opened the door to a crime scene. Cam, I think uh, we need your advice here. We need to leave immediately. There is a bow and arrow shot from behind a set of crates. And I'm going to need everybody to roll initiative. God. Mm, that's, I need another dice again. <laughs> that's another nat one. Yes. L. 21. Magic Dan. Two. Cam. That's a nat one. Whew. No bonus? I got three. Three total? Yeah. Talon. Dirty 20. Half rolled high, half rolled low. A, and the bad guys are in the middle. Popping up from behind a crate in this torch-lit warehouse is a humanoid figure covered in feathers, black feathers. It has a gnarled sort of beak, and it looks like a raven. And it stands at maybe five foot, four and a half foot tall. He jumps out from behind the crate, and without making a sound, fires an arrow that launches right past you guys and sticks into the door. Three more make themselves known within this place as they all draw bows. L, you're up first. What would you like to do? Uh, so I'm going to look at the one that shot the bow at me, and I'm going to take a dagger from my side. I'm just going to flick it out and throw a dagger at it. Absolutely. Make an attack roll. 18. That hits. Three damage. Instinctually, you reach for your side, pull out a dagger, and flick it across the room, and it launches all the way across, nicking the shoulder of this bird-like creature. Bonus action. I'm going to hide behind the uh, the door frame. Okay, make a stealth trick. 11. Okay. You duck in behind the door frame. Next in the order is Talon. I want to look at the one that just fired the arrow, point my staff at him, and cast Firebolt. Make an attack roll. Nat 20. Oh, Fuck that bird. Hell yeah. Roll damage. 13. So the one with this gnarled beak just got cut with a dagger. It's reaching behind its back to draw another arrow, and you kill it. What does this look like? The staff shoots the firebolt at it, and as it hits, it just wraps around it and engulfs it in flames. And he just burns up to a crisp and falls down fried chicken. Well, Dan was talking about chicken wings. They're always better in a dive bar. <laughs> Next in the order are these creatures, which are called Kenku. There are three left one of which has a red hood, and he's the furthest away. The next closest has a scarf around its neck. And the third, the one that's closest to you that was next to the gnarled beak one, it has a black cloak that surrounds them. Or one of them's going to try to hit Talon for a nine to hit, which misses. Uh, another one's going to shoot Talon. An 11 to hit? That just hits. Wow, your AC is trash. <laughs> All right, you're not going to like this. You take nine piercing damage. Oof. How, how many hit points do you have total? I'm down. Oof. <laughs> yeah. All right, I figured that was going to happen. <clears throat> in a rage, this Kenku with the scarf will jump on top of one of the crates in this room and fire an arrow at you, and it hits you right in the chest. Immediately, the breath is knocked out of you, and you fall to the ground, bleeding out. The last Kenku is going to fire a shot at Magic Dan. I'm also still outside. He's going to fire a shot at Cam, then. Oh, shit. Ooh, 24 to hit. I mean, that, that's going to fucking do it. Yeah. Nine damage again. 
Ugh. An arrow comes launching across the warehouse and lands right into the shoulder of Cam, who is knocked back into the door. And L, you will watch your friend Cam fall down, bleeding out right in front of you. That is the end of their turns. Next up, Cam, make a death saving throw. Off to a great start here. That's a success. Magic Dan, you are outside hiding behind a crate when all of this went down. Yes. Uh, I'll toss it to the side and make my way to the doorway, and I will cast a firebolt at him. Okay. Which one do you want to hit? The closest one to you? The one with the cloak. Okay. Uh, 11. That misses, unfortunately. A scorching flame flies past it and ignites a tapestry on the wall that disintegrates and then falls to the ground. Well, shit, I was hoping that fire would last longer. L. He sees two of his friends just go down. Uh, who's the closest to me? Uh, Cam's at your feet. I'm going to go grab him, and I'm going to drag him out of the room and get him on the outside of the door um, so this way he can't get hit with another arrow. Um, and then I'm going to make my way in and see if I can get behind like a barrel or something or like a crate. You can st- action stabilize him if you want. I would like to do that. Okay. So you staunch the wounds, stuff something in it real quick. Yeah, I think he pulls out like a handkerchief with like his family's crest on it and he like, oh god, it's gonna get dirty and then he like puts it over his chest and he just holds it there until the bleeding kind of stops and then he, once he's good, he makes his way back into the into the room. Make a stealth check. Uh, that's a nat one, so I think he like hides from like one side but like the barrels are open behind him so sure. you can clearly see him just standing there. Talon, you're down. Make a death save. 17. That's a success. It is the Kenku's turn again. And now they have some targets. So, Magic Dan, this is for you. A short bow flies across the room. said, fuck the arrow. He throws the whole bow at you. (laughs) An arrow flies across the room. Uh, 12 to hit. Uh, Yes. They're just steady rolling damage, too. Nine damage. Uh, That takes me out. And we begin next week with an entirely new party. L, you will watch as Magic Dan stormed into the room, cast a fire spell, and it missed by one of the Kenku. The Kenku jumps up from behind it and just fires an arrow right into the stomach of Magic Dan, who drops down. Magic Dan, make a death saving throw. I gotta just roll a t20 for that? Yes, you want to get a 10 or above. Six. Uh, that's a fail. So you have one fail. You, do, you don't want to get three of them. Um, and a natural one is two fails. So you don't want to roll a natural one either. Just roll a nat 20. You'll be all right. Yeah, a nat 20 gets you back up. L. I think he just kind of like peeks out from behind one of the crates, drops the, the rapier he was about to pull out. I think we might have overreacted. Um, we had no part in what's going on down there. We just want to talk. Sorry about your other friend. That Forget that. Uh, we don't want to fight. Make a persuasion check. Dirty 20. So they begin to lower their bows, and they tilt their heads, trying to comprehend what you're saying. When you hear this yell from behind them, ah! right? And you will see a flash of ginger hair as there is this grizzled dirty, tattered clothes, Renair Neverember, 
bloody face, swollen eye, and he will tackle one of the Kenku and just start punching it in the beak. <laughs> completely knocking this one out. And he will jump up and say, Oh, is that you? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Looking for you. Looking for me? Yeah. Thank you so much, Hoodie Cat, for letting us record here. I am very grateful. We all are. I'm Dungeon Lord J, and this is Quest. What is this? Tap it three times. Yeah, one of my inventions. Real hit with the ladies. What is it for? It's just a small, smooth stone that vibrates. Apparently, it's real popular. In the most curious curiosity shop in the world. <laughs> Attention all game enthusiasts. Looking for a place where board games and tabletop adventures come alive? Introducing Hoodie Cat Game Lounge. Whether you're painting the finest miniatures or seeking thrilling adventures in our dungeon-inspired game room, we've got the perfect setting. Gathering with friends for some friendly competition is so easy at Hoodie Cat Game Lounge. For just $5, try out any game in our expansive collection. And if you love it, we'll take $5 off the sale price. It's a win-win. Imagine the sounds of dice rolling, card shuffling, and tokens moving across the board. Every unexpected turn of the game makes these meetups memorable, transforming an ordinary evening into an unforgettable one. Hoodie Cat Game Lounge is located in the heart of the Centerpoint shops at Tanger Outlets in North Charleston. So pull up a chair at Hoodie Cat Game Lounge, where your next adventure awaits. <laughs>